Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You listen to the coaches panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the coaches panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the coaches panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the coaches panel. Welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant, where I'm looking at who I think are the players we've got to have some serious conversations about this preseason and in 2022 one of the big value players available for coaches across all your formats is Adelaide Crow Matt Crouch man there's a lot to like about him there's also a lot that's got a few people concerned we will talk about all those elements throughout this episode joining me as he did yesterday he's back to talk about one of his favorite players I've got Jordox. Hello, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me on for this episode. Um, yeah, let's get talking about Matty Crouch. There's a lot to like about this 26-year-old midfielder. No 2021 data to go through because of that. He does have a substantial discount across the formats, but he's got some monster career ceiling that we do need to highlight. His career highest scores in Supercoach came back in 2020. It was a 162 against the Hawks. I think that was the first game the Crows actually won of 2020, while it was just the year prior to that in 2019, where he averaged 151. When we talk about Matt Crouch, Jordox, he is the definition of a fantasy player. Certainly more relevant in Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, but still very, very good in Supercoach. He's a contested ball winner. He's an accumulator. He only ever plays through the midfield. He's just a phenomenal footballer when he's fit, firing and playing in the midfield for the Crows. He is, and and he's one of those guys who, you know, it almost doesn't matter too much whether the Crows win or lose. Yeah, true. I think think Supercoach's best years would have been when the Crows were winning and and, and challenging. Um, But certainly this this new era of the regeneration at Adelaide um, of the last few years um, hasn't affected his scoring at yeah. all, playing for a bottom side. Not at all. If we look back at what he delivered for us in 2020, which is the closest trend we can see, um, is there was a, it was a year of up, ups and downs, including him getting dropped in round four. Yet despite that, um, he ended up being one of the most dominant fantasy players in the midfield across the formats. In 2020, he averaged 26 possessions, three marks, and a career high. This is important for his development and for coaches looking at what they might get off the back of this upcoming season, 4.6 tackles per game. Before getting dropped, this is the splits of what he gave us in 2020. Before getting dropped in round four, he was averaging 64.3 in AFL Fantasy. If you want to play that adjusted, that's an 80 and a top score of 72. But when he returned from round five, this is how he went. Four pure tons, four additional scores, 90 plus, and two over 80 with a lower score of 75. Remembering 80 was the 100 of 2020 due to the shortened quarters. So a lowest of 75 over those sort of final dozen games is a lowest in the high 90s. In these final 13 matches, he averaged 93.9 unadjusted. You want to play the multiplication of 1.25 in Dream Team and Fantasy? Fine. From that point in time, it was an adjusted 117. By year's end, he was ranked 19th for total points. Remember, he got dropped in a game and stunk for the first three weeks. 
and ranked 14th for averages. Yeah, that's how good he was in that terrible season of the Crows in 2020. In Supercoach, really, really similar. In the first three weeks, he was averaging 88. However, over those final 13 games, here's how he went. An average of 115, including 10 tons, 5 over 120, that career high score against the Hawks of 162, and an incredible average that just saw him drop under 90 all year from that point on. He was absolutely incredible. He's a proven midfield performer year on year on year. This is what he is since 2017 in Supercoach. 110, 101, 103, 110. While in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team over the four years prior to losing out on not playing in 2021. 106, 104, 106. An adjusted average, if you wanted to play it, up towards 110. He's one of the safest proven midfielders going around. And proven performance is important for us, isn't it, too, Jordox? We're not just br- projecting a breakout of a guy here in, in at his price point. Is He's done it before for multiple, multiple seasons. Yeah, he has. And, he, you know, he's the absolute definition of, a, of a, a guy who's done it before. We've seen him do it before. So when, you know, we'll talk about, you know, the injury that kept him out for all of 2021. So when you have a player coming back, from a significant period out or, or significant injury like he has, you really want to know that those runs are on the board because you're investing in a return to that. Um, yeah. you, you couldn't have a, a go at someone who's missed a year at this price hoping to break out. Um, so, yeah, we'll talk about 2021, but that that four or five years leading into 2021, um, you know, up there with the best of the best, you would think, numbers-wise. Yeah, in, in terms of potential, he could be one of the best buys of the preseason that dominates. He's priced in the 80s for us in Supercoach, while in Dream Team, he, he's right in the low 70s bracket in terms of price point and sort of mid-70s um, across AFL Fantasy. His value, uh, upwards of 20 to 30 points per game, depending on the format you play which is immense and a huge win if he can deliver that. He's the safest midfielder at the Crows, arguably even over Rory Laird. And the reason I say that is he can't play any other position. Laird has at least shown over the better part of his career he can play halfback. Keyes has shown in his early days at Brisbane he he was deployed through the forward line. He's the only Crows midfielder that can't fulfill any other function outside of the midfield. So if he's fit and firing, he'll play through the midfield. So I've got no question marks about role. I've got no question marks about his scoring potential. He's one of the best points per minute players we've had over the past five to 10 years. However, the concern, Jordux, is exactly what you said. He did not play at all last year. He had another setback late in the year that caused any chances of playing in 2021 kind of coming through and up until just a couple of weeks ago he was no certainty to actually rejoin full training and that's the concern coaches have with him coming back off this groin injury yeah and you know even before 2021 myself you know I followed his career I, I never would have thought of him as not injury prone but I would have thought of him as durable but even before 2021 he'd only played one season in his career where he played every available game yeah um, and that was that was 2017 the crows were pretty good that year um 
So every year there's just something here or there, a niggle that sees him miss, you know, two to three games. Um, and then, of course, 2021 was, you know, the groin issues that he had. Um, now, if you remember, he was he was pushing and he was a chance to play late in the year. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, and, and I wonder if, you know, if Adelaide was pushing for a final spot or something, which would be nice, MJ, um, <laughs> if they maybe would have got him on the park. So he was getting close. And then in October postseason, he's had surgery to just completely clean it out. So, you know, a blessing for fantasy coaches and probably Adelaide fans as well that they didn't put him in at the back end of last year. Mm. Um, the question now is, you know, what are we at? Start of Feb, we've got about six weeks till that round one game. Mm. Um, how much um, can he get into his next six weeks of training yep. to get himself not just named for round one, but confident in the eyes of the fantasy world that he's going to be right for the year? Yeah, absolutely. The thing with Matt is... This this is how simplistically I can put it. If he has another setback in these next six weeks, where they go, oh, we're just taking the load back and we're just monitoring, abort. You're jumping off. You you cannot afford a player at this price point um, that does have an element of risk and um, evolved to it because he hasn't had a faultless preseason. If there's one more stall in the process, you need to go elsewhere. Um, even if they're like, we're managing his load, you've got to jump off. It, it, he needs a faultless end on from now till the end of this preseason. He needs so, to MJ, play that. Yeah. With, with that in mind, let me ask you this. Sure. Do you need to see him play in the, uh, I can never remember the name of the The Maynard Community Series. series. Uh, <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> we're still, go, we're still holding on to that. Yeah, for me, you absolutely um, do. So there's two, I think there's two practice matches or one practice match, and then there's an official preseason game. If he doesn't play in any of those, but is named round one, is he still a go in your eyes? Um, if he doesn't play in either the practice or the community series match, either, the answer's no. I, I can't touch him because that means they're still managing him through the preseason. If two weeks out from round one, he's not ready to play a full game of AFL, that tells you enough. Now, if one of them, let's say that practice match against, um, I think they're doing a Port Adelaide practice match and then mm. they'll do a, a yep. community series uh, against Port Adelaide. If the first one is managing workload and then the next one, it's a little bit more increase of time. Okay, fine. Because we know there's going to be some variance of wanting to see different combinations through the midfield, all of that. But if it's about both or one of those games is only about managing and that's it, for me, you just can't go there because there's so many options in and around this price point that, that does mean structurally you're okay. You've got an Elliot Yo who's got a similar injuries history and concern right across the park to him. You've got a Caleb Sarong as a breakout candidate who's just across the road from him. And then depending on the format you play, you're 50k away in Supercoach from Lockie Neal. So, again, yeah. for me in that, that point, you pick, you pick Neil mm. every day over Crouch in Supercoach. But um, those are the elements and the ingredients for me. It's We know his performance and we know his ability. He's only 26. But any stalling from now to the end of this preseason, you just walk away. But if he continues to build, the club have been really adamant that he's building into those full training loads now. Every time someone does a press conference from the club, 
they're speaking about how good his work rate is, how strong he's working, and that he's back into that full training capacity. All of these things are the positive signs. For me, it's all now about do coaches want this value guy that could go 20 to 30 points of points per game up, or do they just want the pure guns of the premium line and pay up for that? And the rookies. That structure all depends on those coaches because some are just pure guns and rookies. Some love the little bit of hybrid of each. Some love a lot of mid-prices. And again, strategies and formats all depend on it. But uh, yeah, for me, we're that, yeah. I, I we're just at that point of, the, of the, the pre-season too where you know a lot of sides, a lot of coaches are putting their sides together and the strategies can change from week to week. Of course. Depending on who you like. What I will say on, on Matt Crouch, and, and, you know, I'll declare my hand, I am a big fan, I'm a Crows man. Who would have thought? But if he is fit, if he has played those practice games and named for round one, yeah. he is, in Dream Team and Fantasy, for me, the biggest no-brainer yep. of the comp to select. Super coach, it's a bit more of a conversation yeah, sure. because his price point is, He's priced at an average of 88 in, in Supercoach. Yeah, he which has he can to go clear. 105, 110, doesn't he, to make it work? Yeah, well. yeah. But DT and, and Fantasy, for a guy to be priced in the 70s with a history of, when fit, pretty much not dropping under 105 average since he really broke out in 2017. Yep. Um, giddy up. Yeah, like, again, Lockie Neal's a really good contrasting option in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, because in Supercoach, Neil's Mister One Fifteen One Twenty when he's fit and firing, if not north of that. Crouch is a, a one ten, at best. That's what he's done twice: yeah. twenty twenty and twenty seventeen. But in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, let me just give you some contrast. In AFL Dream Team, I would say both are one hundred five guys. I, I think history would say when they're both fit and firing, they're one hundred five guys for the totality of what they've done at their respective clubs. Yeah. At 602000 is what you're paying for Matt Grouch. It's almost 200000 more for Neil. Mm. And they're probably the same sort of scoring options. While you look in AFL Fantasy, it's a 150k difference between the two. So for me, I go, if it gets to that point of, gosh, I need a 105 guy, but I don't want to pay for it. If Crouch is fit, I don't see how you pick Neil Overcrouch. It doesn't mean you can't pick both, but I'm just saying I don't see how you go Neil Overcrouch in those two formats, which a lot of people are doing. Yep, sure, it might be the injuries that's got people turned away, and that's fine. That's the narrative. Back that in. But if you're looking for value for money, Crouch in Dream Team and Fantasy trumps Neil every single day of the week, unless you think Neil's going back to the 120 day um, of 2020, which statistically feels like an outlier than a normative mm. um, for yep. me to go with. So for me, if he keeps having a faultless rest of the preseason, he's locked in a couple of formats and right in the mix for others. One more hiccup, mate, you're being dropped like a high school crush uh, and I'll have nothing to do with you in the salary cap formats. But drafts is interesting to me, Jordox, because 12 months ago, pre going down with this groin injury, People were talking about him as a lock for M1 in the first or even second rounds of Dream Team and AFL Fantasy drafts and probably an M2 and sort of round two to round three in Supercoach. You don't have to pay for him at that price point because obviously there's more risk involved now. 
Where do you feel like people will leap for him? Is it a is M5? Is he gone by drafts there? Is M3 too early as a position to target? Where do you think's the right spot for you to be going after Matt Crouch on draft day? It's a real unique one, isn't it? Because, like you said, 12 months ago, and I, I, have a, I know someone who unfortunately took him as their M1 and never got to see him get on the park. So that was pretty brutal. Um, but it is unique because he, he's been out for a year, but when he... If he didn't get injured, um, he'd be in the conversation for maybe even first, yeah, first round. Um, but look, he's not. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, whoever gets him is going to get a bargain because you know no one's going to want to take him with any of those real top picks um, with that zero next to him from last year. Um, and it depends how your your draft is set up too, because some will have players in order of what their salary cap price is. Some will have it in order of average. Um, and some will, yeah. So for those who order an average, he might just sit down the very bottom of the list. People might miss him. But um, I think he would be an M2, M3. I, I'm, I'm pretty in on him. Yeah, I don't think you have to spend an M2 position to go and own him. I think the, the dream would be you pick him up at M4. That That's the dream that you get him mm. at. But I think if you do want to own Matt Crouch, and there will be someone in the league that goes, I see the 110 potential, I think you will have to reach for him at an M3 range. And I do use that word deliberately, reach, because that's where you're going, I believe he's a 110, so I'm going to pay to get him a little bit earlier. If I could get him at an M4, I'd love that. Um, mm. I, I don't know I, if you are lucky, but I think that's where it is. No, I think I think you're going to have to go for M2 to get him. You reckon? If, if you're real... You're, I think so. You're probably a bit yeah. bullish. Because M2 means you're choosing him over, depending on the league, you're choosing yeah. him over guys like a Josh Kelly, who I think's an M2 yeah. in, in a couple of the formats. Or we're, yeah. we're sort of looking at guys that are in depends this. How, yeah, it depends, depends how, how deep on what fall. you've got. But yeah. and, and again, it's that forward line that keeps coming up whenever we talk draft is that this is no longer, oh, there's two or three good forwards that I'll yeah, try sure. and get. Like there's, there's a huge list. So... Yeah, I think it will run. People might get a ruck, two forwards, two defence before they even start with their mid. So interesting. I think um, I think the trick will be for those doing their drafts now or in the next week or two. It's going to be a big call because it's true. In, That's actually in in, in in the salary cap. You know, we've got till round one, well, till the bounce of the ball, really. Um, but you're going to have to make a call, but. Everything that's coming out of Adelaide is, is very positive, and I'm pretty pretty bullish on him. I don't know if you could tell. No, no, it's good. I, I definitely <laughs> can hear that, and I think you bring up a good point about like if, where people do their draft informs how early he might go. Right now, he could go really late, but in five mm. weeks' time, after banging out a, a monster mm. in the preseason, then the M2 does become, and like you say, everyone's got a different strategy rolling into drafts, mm. and all it takes is for one person to be bullish on him, and he goes way early than some would feel comfortable with picking him. Because I couldn't pick an mm. M2, but you're you're probably even more bullish on him than I am. Um, mm. And I'm still quite keen on him too. Um, but that's all it takes. That's the beauty of drafts, isn't it? It takes one person to go, yeah. nah, I see it, I'm in on it, and they go. Um, and that's the beauty of what makes this game um, so great and so much fun. Hey, Jordox, appreciate your work today on the podcast episode talking about Matt Crouch. No worries, mate. If you want to go and read the article on him 
or any of the other players revealed before this number 16 player most relevant. The good news is you can go back and check it all out at coachespanel.tv. The podcasts are there, ready for you to go and stream and download via Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your Apple Podcasts. And tomorrow we venture deep into the teens. Number 15 of the 50 most relevant. Safe to say if you owned this guy, you had a bumper season in 2021. He was elite. He was one of the best options. And coaches think it's just an absolute lock that he continues on. Some others are scared off by the price point and do not see a world how they can justify that large salary cap. For me, I look at him and he's a make or break player. If you start him and he flies, you're ahead of the pack. You start him and he dies back to what he'd been before, it could be the biggest burn of 2022. Who am I talking about? You'll find out tomorrow in the 50 Most Relevant.